and we are live. And Aston, I believe, is falling asleep now, which is fantastic. I hope so. But it's it's a little uncertain, so we may get some meows. I will I will apologize with that. Okay, we're waiting for a few people to come in, but I think uh, I think we can start, uh, darling. Is there any? Austin, uh -oh. Uh -oh. lay down. <laughs> Is there any uh, interesting news in our own personal lives? Um, no. We're so boring. Mm -hmm. uh, we did go out today. Uh, we went out to a few places. And one of the places we went to was a Pavilion's grocery store in Burbank, California. Yep. That's and right. I did not wear my mask anywhere we went. And we got... No comments, no looks, nothing. Uh, you, well, I saw looks. Oh, you saw looks. Well, what was what I thought was interesting was that there was literally nobody else in the pavilions maskless. Everybody had a mask on. Yeah. Because in California, compliance is kind of like standard. Nobody really wants mm -hmm. to cause any kind of trouble or confront anybody. I think. Uh, by not wearing a mask, people yeah. are kind of intimidated and scared by the left left wing mob. But I went in no mask and spent I don't know half an hour there. Nobody, nobody like, said anything. I was you said we had looks, but I think it's because I'm very handsome. One hundred percent. Um, I think I I I I was one hundred percent sure that Cashier is gonna say something. Yeah, and he didn't something like. If you're not gonna put your mask on, I'm not gonna sell your um, yeah. crap. I, I was I thought he might say that too. But he actually was kind of. He was like joking around with he us. He was stuff. joking around and like kind yeah. of fun. So yeah. I think he was like, "Oh, thank God, some people are." Yeah. Well, I think that the assumption now is that if you're going around without a mask, you've been vaccinated, mm -hmm. which is not true in my case. When you know what I noticed when we entered the store, I did not see any signs uh -huh. like put your oh, mask Sorry, i did not see any like hand sanitizing stations i it disappeared i don't see it anymore did you not i saw that? hand sanitizer in the office of the attorney that we went to i mm, he had all that stuff right in front of us a little table there. um i mean the pavilions i know i'm i'm yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying that it's still there in some places. But you, you may be right. It, it, I didn't notice yeah. it in the pavilions. Um, but well, so the thing is, I I don't. We don't go to the grocery store that much. We usually um, get Instacart so that we don't have to, you know, deal with the riffraff. Because we live in a a really sketchy area of L.A. and just going around mm -hmm. the grocery store is like. I mean, the the grocery store down here, the Ralphs down here in downtown. There's always a urine stench homeless person walking around the aisles every single time. If you want to smell urine, go into a grocery store in downtown LA. It's awful. And the and this is all because of the policies of the left-wing government here. Um, but the, the one good thing is that even in crazy left-wing LA where everybody's still wearing the stupid masks... And we do have things opening up. I mean, we, we, apparently we're allowed to go into the gym now, although obviously I haven't. <laughs> but I really want to. Um, gyms are open, and what else is open? 
Uh, well, six flags open. I want to go there. Oh, six flags open. Okay, that's awesome. And you can you can go to restaurants movie indoors now. Are, movie oh, movie theaters, theaters are open. I didn't even know that. Okay, that's great. Well, let's go watch a movie. I don't like movie theaters. Hey, everybody. <laughs> a taco bag that said, are you pregnant yet? You know, it's funny. There are some, like, white nationalist types that, um, you know, on online that I've interacted Preggers. with. Preggers. means pregnant. Really? Yeah. And, uh... And they, they insist that we have babies as soon as possible in order to sort of like uh, help, you know, I, yeah. help help the white race from dying off because they I think know. that the white race is going to die off. And uh, I'm like, I understand your thinking there, but like, I'm not going to have a kid because some random white nationalist wants me to have a kid. It's like, thanks, but like, we could we can figure this out for ourselves, guys. Um I think pressuring people to have children because of like white nationalist views is like really cringy, you know. I mean, even if you think, because statistically speaking, apparently this idea is that white white people are going to die off because we have less than uh, two kids for every two people that are alive, so mm-hmm. we're gonna we're like depopulating, whereas other races are are like expanding massively. Um, you know, you know what uh, somebody recommended. To combat that um, is is less about forcing or in, encouraging white people to have more children, and more about just making the rest of the world super rich. Because what happens is when you get really really rich, you become a lot more selfish, mm-hmm. um, and you want to enjoy your life. and And there's there's so many other things to to do that are fun and enjoyable that you don't want to have kids. Now that's not necessarily true in our case. We actually have have a plan to have children but we want to get a house first so that's kind of our goal when we have enough money to buy a house then then we'll we'll have kids i i don't know if i would say kids shouldn't grow up in apartments i i think it's fine you grew up in an apartment in russia you turned out good well yeah. <laughs> i've met many i've met I many people that grew up in apartments that apartment grew up fine. was like really tiny it was like yeah it's so, so tiny it was like a studio or something yeah. it wasn't even one bedroom I mean, in Russia, it considered one bedroom. Here, it's a studio. Yeah. Well, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I grew up in a, in a house, in a nice house with two brothers and a sister. And in Oregon, it was a three-story house. We had a basement. Oh, no, no. It was just a two-story house. Uh, we, we had several houses, but that was kind of the one that I grew up in my childhood. And uh, two-story house. And it was just an amazing experience. It was We had a beautiful yard outside. We had neighbors to play with and... And like it was a nice experience, and I don't, I don't want to uh, have my kid raised in a city, uh, in a tiny apartment. I it's a fine way to grow up, I, I guess, but I didn't well, grow up that way. You can definitely raise a kid in an apartment, but I would like to have. It's like not my apartment; it's right. rent. I would like to own. Own, yeah. Well, we're gonna own a house yeah. now. No, because here... even if I grow up in a tiny studio, we own that studio. It was yeah. our flat, yeah. you know. So talking about having babies and owning houses and things like that, uh, I'd like to take a moment before we get into the news to talk a little bit about crypto. I wish I had like a th- like like a little stinger thing that could be like crypto, <laughs> toxic masculinity, but uh, I haven't made one of those. But darling, Do- Valeria here, Valeria darling, is our crypto expert here at Toxic Masculinity. She does all the investment in crypto, um, and we've been talking a lot about. Dogecoin lately. Dogecoin is on this epic 
rise to to glory what they're saying it's shooting to the moon is the common expression they mean one dollar right, yeah, the... to the moon is one dollar but it started at like i heard like pennies. some people says ten dollars i was like no, no 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 one dollar is the goal one dollar is the goal so here's what we've discussed today and i think it's a pretty good thing to tell you guys about um we're still invested in our dogecoin um Valeria took some of it out at I think something like forty cents or something like that. Uh, it's, it's still at forty cents now. I I took my initial investment there, which is yeah, I sold at thirty nine cents. And we I sold let... it at forty, and we and we reinvested five thousand at uh, what twenty three or something 26. like that. Twenty six because there was a dip. Yeah. So so you know we're selling high, buying low, and. You know, but not with everything. She plays around with a little bit no, of the money. No, but... I, I, for me, I feel safer if I took my initial money and just left profit there. Mm-hmm. So I won't lose anything if it's just going to be like done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a risk. I mean, you take a risk. Of course you take a risk. But in Russia, we have this expression. The person who doesn't take a risk, don't drink champagne. So <laughs> is that really an expression in Russia? All right, ladies and gentlemen, tell your friends and family. Who doesn't risk don't drink champagne. Yeah, those who do not risk do not drink champagne. Uh, and then somebody brings out the, the uh, you know, a bottle of cheap sparkling wine and says, Au contraire, mon frere. All right, so, uh, okay, so what, so what are we doing here? Uh, we're talking about uh, Doge. So Valeria and I have a plan here because, you know, we think everybody is... Everybody believes it's going to go to $1, and it probably will at some point. But we also suspect that people are going to set automatic sales at like $0.90, maybe even lower. So to be very conservative, economically, you know, financially conservative, we're probably going to sell out at something like $0.69, something like that, $0.69. We haven't decided yet. Maybe 75, maybe 70. Maybe I can sell 30% at 69. And save so leave some of the rest of it in? And list the rest Cause, of it. Because this is the thing about, about putting money into such a risky investment. You can get a huge return, but you have to sell out before the dip. If you sell out after the dip, you lose everything. So we want to be careful and we want to be conservative. And so we're going to s- sell out everything before it hits... 90 95 100 um you know people who wait till it gets that high they could end up hitting a, a pretty severe dip before they get there because a lot of people are going to want to sell out before it hits a dollar because i think a lot of people think that once it hits a dollar everybody's going to sell um anyway so that's our advice if you do jo- if you do jump into the dogecoin thing which i'm not telling you whether you should or should not do but we think there still is a, a huge amount of growth for doge although it's always a risk guys the dip could happen today i mean there could be a drop today and we could lose everything that we've put into it Mm -hmm. so that's always the risk but we do suspect that there's a lot of growth there and uh yeah i mean if you if you want to if you have somebody to risk again don't put in any money that you aren't willing to lose don't put any any money that you're not willing to lose if you can afford to lose 100 bucks thousand bucks five thousand bucks you know, put it in there, see what you can do with it. Because at this point, you're not going to be making as much as you made a week ago, obviously, but you can still probably double your money, something like that. Maybe. Of course, you could lose it. So I don't want to, you know, we're not, we're not expert traders, but we're looking at the 
crypto market and thinking about what what's going to happen. If you want to play say invest in Ethereum. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go to it's next. Gonna so give, it's going to give better percentage than Bitcoin, but it's the second safest crypto in my Yeah, opinion. it's going up faster than 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 do, uh, than uh Bitcoin. Bitcoin's the safest. But excuse me. But Valeria mentioned something to me that's quite interesting today, which is that uh the guy there's a guy that's heavily invested in Ethereum. He's heavily invested or No, he... no, no. He he's a millionaire on some crypto. He's like a crypto guy. I'm not sure yeah, what he, exactly. Well, somehow this guy's associated with cryptocurrency, but he's specifically associated with Ethereum. No, no, not Ethereum. I thought you said Just he was. Crypto general. You're talking about the Biden guy? Yeah. Okay. I thought you what why are you going to invest in Ethereum if you specifically because, said because there's this guy there that was, Biden there has. There was soon news that I said, and you compare yeah. those two. I, I combine them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, combine. Well, be clear, woman. <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> Look at that. The, the stare of death. Like she's just like, bring it on. Uh, that's what those eyes tell me. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, the point is that if you want to invest in crypto, it's probably a safe bet at the moment because one of. Did you say he's in the Biden administration? Can you find his name? Quickly? Um, no, I'll try to later. If okay. You anyway, to. but there's a guy. Is he's in the Biden administration? No, he's a Biden sponsor. He's a he, oh, he's a, he's a big Biden donor, and you know how these leftists want to always favor each other and their friends, and they're all cronies, and it's all you know corrupt and horrible. So if there's a big crypto guy that. He's got Biden in his pocket. Mm -hmm. You can be sure crypto is going to do well in the next year or so. And then also... The Ethereum is good because there has been some approval in Canada mm -hmm. in Ethereum. So. so, yeah. So there's been an approval of Ethereum in Canada. They're going to deal with uh, what you call them gas prices, right? Which is mm -hmm. what they call the fees. Because Ethereum is one of the, has some of the biggest fees yes. of any crypto. But they're going to fix that, and then we, we suspect yeah. that crypto is going. I hope they will to, fix it. We suspect specifically Ethereum is going to go up. So, mm -hmm. so we we you know we're, again again it we're not experts. 10 k this year from to twenty two hundred from ten k to twenty two uh, from, from twenty two hundred to ten k. So it's going to go up like four times. Valeria thinks five times something four like that. Four times at least. Yeah, four times. Sorry, four four point whatever it is four point. Five, 4.5 times she thinks it's going to go up so if you want to make 4.5 times your money and you, you you don't mind risking it in crypto and you're not scared of crypto go ahead and throw in a uh, daniel j corica says if current riots are called protests then one one dash six oh oh january 6 was a backyard bar uh, barbecue block party i'm on overtime so here's some money <laughs> Free the kitty. He's free. He's, he's sitting there sleeping. Oh, I think he's just seen a, a fly or something. He's just woken up. It's not good. But he was sleeping nicely a second ago. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I think at the moment, the reason I'm encouraging people to go into crypto is because I do think it's uh, a it's good a way to make money right it's, now. It's future. 100%. Yeah, we're, we're still sort of in the sort of infancy of crypto right now. I mean, it's still not accepted at stores and stuff like that, regular stores. I think within the next five there years. There's a petition on uh, on uh, petition.org or something that people ask Amazon to accept Dogecoin as a payment. That's hilarious. But I do think within the next five years or so, Amazon's going to start accepting crypto. Uh, as soon as that happens, crypto is going to blow. If not earlier. Flipping up. Bitcoin's probably what they'll accept. It might be Ethereum, but probably Bitcoin. What do you think? 
expected. Oh, yeah. Well, I said within the next five years. You can't get earlier than within. I didn't say in five. I said exactly in five years. Uh, No, I I think that they will start accepting it. I think a lot of these online retailers will start accepting it first. And then you're probably going to get it to where you can get like uh, like a crypto credit card and pay at your local stores with crypto. That's my guess. So that'll happen, I think, probably within the next five years. When that happens, that'll be common currency. And I mean, it's just going to blow the whole market up. So, you know, again, it's the future. Um, what else was I going to say? Ethereum, Bitcoin, Doge. So those are the three kind of big ones that people are talking about right now. But there's tons of what they call altcoins. Um, but yeah, again, don't invest in anything that you can't afford to lose at the moment because all these... Well, especially Dogecoin is is particularly volatile. If you invest in Ethereum or you invest in Bitcoin, it's much safer. Um, they're pretty stable. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um the way the economy is going is a little bit treacherous. People think stock markets are going up. People are very optimistic that we're going that the stock market's going to remain solid, but it's very sketchy at the moment because of Joe Biden's policies, right? Uh, Joe Biden's policies are making everything a little unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not Donald Trump. He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, and when I say Joe Biden, of course, I mean all jo- Joe Biden's people, the puppeteers that are w- running the system. They don't really know what they're doing. They're probably going to, and you know, they're devaluing devaluing the dollar right now. You know, we've got inflation. We don't have hyperinflation. We don't have anything like treacherous like that just yet. But we do have some inflation going on. And as the dollar's devalued, every other currency compared to the dollar is increased in value. And so no matter, so like if you have one Bitcoin, which I think is what, something like $30,000. Hello? Sir, I'm just looking at the Russian rubble compared to dollar. Is it doing well? I need to send some money to my mom. <laughs> oh, the Russian, the Russian rubble is doing terrible. Terrible. Oh, well, that's okay. I mean, that's good for us, I guess. But, it's awesome for me. Yeah, yeah, it's great for us. Yeah, let's send some money to your mom. Let's buy some rubles. I love my rubles. Um, so, so uh, yeah, if you have, if the dollar, let's say, loses half its value and you have a single Bitcoin, which is, what is it, like 33000 or something like that? Some, I don't remember. Something like $30,000. And if the, the dollar loses half its value, then suddenly your Bitcoin is worth $60,000, right? So you double your money just because of, you know, it's just because of the the relationship between the two currencies. So, um, you know, it's a safe place to put your money. I think at the moment, Bitcoin and Ethereum, I know it's, it, they sound scary, but I think they're actually a fairly conservative uh, uh, place to put your money. Mm-hmm. Doge is doji. <laughs> Doge is dodgy. I, w- I, I would be careful about Doge, but it is the fastest way to make money right now, just for like the next few days. How long do you think Doge is going to keep going up? No idea. It's hard to say. You got to pay attention to it. Maybe you can get it through Robinhood app, or you can, or you can, you know, don't buy anything on Robinhood. It's it's better to to use the other systems to look up, look it up. And anyway, I'm done talking about uh, uh, crypto, but I, you know, I do think it's something that people should pay attention to and look into and potentially invest in. All right, shall we start the news, darling? Yeah. All right, you are going to be blown out here in a second. You want me to fix that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first news is. Remove Maxine Waters' formal resolution to be introduced to Congress. Right. So Maxine Waters, as you guys probably know, um, was 
encouraging the riots. And in fact, I may do a video, if I can get enough footage together, of all the times Maxine uh, Waters encouraged people to riot and, and commit acts of violence. <laughs> and leftists will say, she wasn't encouraging violence, she was encouraging peaceful protests. But the funny thing is, she's never said peacefully protest. She's never said be peaceful. She's never said protest. She's always said things like, you know, harass people and mm-hmm. be aggressive and, you know, things like she's used words like that. And so, no, uh, she's not encouraged peaceful protest. She's encouraged violence. That is it. And that is all. I mean, you can infer different things from her expressions, but there's a pattern here. And so I think it's fairly obvious that she is encouraging violence. Um, resolution to so this is from this is from uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is basically hated by a lot of the people in Congress, the leftists and the leftist media. They all hate her. They think she's a QAnon lunatic. Um, I like Marjorie Taylor Greene, despite the fact that I don't agree with all of the things she said in the past. Um, I think her heart's in the right place. I think she's she's uh, she's great. Um, so let's have a look here. Resolution to expel Maxine Waters from Congress to be introduced by <laughs> Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene says type of message. Says type of message. I, I don't know what that means. I think I have to interrupt you. Okay, interrupt me. There's a super chat from S-M-Y-L-E-S-G. All right, go for it. What is it? Smiles. Smiles G. Will the super chat buy me an intro? An intro? What does that mean? An introduction? All right. I don't know what that means. What Will the super chat buy me an intro? I forgot the intro. Oh, I forgot the intro. Oh. Oh, I forgot the intro. Okay, yes. Thank you. Smiles G. <laughs> I can't, I don't know what that means. All right, let's do the intro. Toxic masculinity. All right. That is... We are Toxic Masculinity. The least professional show on YouTube, obviously. Valeria... I'm toxic, Valerius masculine. God, I can't even get that right. How many times have I said that? I can't get it right. I'm toxic, masculine. Together, we are toxic masculinity. All right, let's get on with this story. California representative Maxine Waters has made a career of making inflammatory statements that many believe are an incitement of violence. Because see, here's the thing. The bar has been lowered so much. Like I think conservatives used to just ignore Maxine Waters. Obviously, what she did was, was terrible. But, like, she's such an, an effing idiot that I think conservatives kind of, like, felt bad for her. Like, okay, she's, she's so dumb that I don't, you know, maybe she doesn't realize what she's doing. And so people just didn't say anything about it. But now that they have accused Donald Trump of inciting an insurrection, even though he definitely did not, I think that they've changed the bar, uh, you know, the, the level of you know, what people are allowed to do as politicians now, right? Because if they're going to go after Trump for inciting an insurrection, which he absolutely, very obviously did not do, then Maxine Waters, who has intentionally incited violence mm-hmm. over decades, she needs to be looked at much more seriously. If they're going to take us this seriously, or they're not even taking us seriously, they're accusing of of things we didn't do, but they're things that they actually do. So it's, and we, I've talked about this in previous videos, like we can't be so nice to Democrats anymore. We've been so nice to Democrats. Like Maxine Waters, this, Maxine Waters did this in 1992 during the LA riots. She basically came out 
and said everybody who's rioting has a total right to be angry. They have a total right to be angry. Did she say people have to stop rioting and stop burning places down and stop murdering people? No. She didn't say anything like that. Did she say people need to stop being violent? She said, no, of course she didn't. She said, no, people have a right to be angry. She said, people want me to come out here and say to stop rioting. She says, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that people need to calm down or relax. She's like, this is an injustice. Rodney King was beaten and, and those police need to go to prison and all this stuff. And she's like, this is a terrible injustice. And people have a right to be angry. Which sort of suggested that she thought that people had a right to go around rioting, burning places down, murdering people. I mean, the woman is a, a vicious, horrible woman. The fact that she keeps being elected is astonishing to me. We know a guy named Joe Collins. He lives out here in L.A. And he was running for Maxine Waters' uh, district for her, mm-hmm. her position in Congress. He lost because her district is, like, crazy. But, like, uh, he lives in that district. She doesn't even live in the district. She has, like, a mansion outside yeah. of it. I, he, I did a kind of, he did a kind mm-hmm. of a viral video where he went around walking past her mansion yeah. and was like, this is where Maxine Waters lives. It's not in our district. He's like, I do live in our district. He's like, elect me. Um, we just ran into him the other day, actually, at a party. Uh, you know, I, I don't know him super well. We just mm-hmm. run into each other from time to time at, like, uh, events of conservatives in L.A. But, uh, I mean, as much as I've interacted with him, I love him. You know, he's got, he's got a, a beautiful wife, great, a bunch of uh, cute little kids. And, uh, you know, seems like a good man. I don't know how conservative he is. He, he was in the military. Um, but, man, I think he'd be about a thousand times better than Maxine Waters. I'd love to get him in Congress. Um, you know, hopefully he wouldn't disappoint us when he gets in there. But uh, no, I, I think, you know, he's going to be a heck of a lot better than Maxine Waters no matter what. Um, but, yeah, it would be nice to get him in there. Um, I think he still wants that seat. And maybe it'll happen if we can get her push out of Congress through resolution. I don't think it's going to happen, though, because, you know, Democrats control Congress. But let's have a look here. Um, On Saturday, she told Black Lives Matter protesters that they need to be more confrontational if Derek Chauvin is not convicted of murder in the George Floyd killing trial. And on Sunday, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene said that she would introduce legislation to boot Representative Waters from Congress. Very soon, I'll be introducing a resolution to expel Maxine Waters from Congress for her continual incitement of violence excuse me, on innocent American people. Representative Waters is a danger to our society, she said. I mean, I agree with this. I 100% agree with this. Because she's, she's what you call like a race baiter, right? Mm-hmm. So she'll... Um, um, so what this term means is, you know how like when you go fishing, mm-hmm. the worm that you put on the end of the hook, that's called bait, right? Okay. And we use bait to to get fish attracted to that hook, right? Or if mm-hmm. you if you set a trap for an animal, you know, the meat that you put in that they can want to go try to eat, that's bait, right? So race baiting is basically just putting out these comments and ideas mm-hmm. for people that will think, oh yeah, this is a, a provocative racial statement. Uh, yeah, you know, saying white people are racist and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like playing up these incidents so that people will become more racist and they'll be attracted by this race language and stuff like this search for an attempted armed robbery suspect police advise the suspect was last seen in westlake open for details we get messages like this like 20 times a day i don't yesterday yeah you 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 deleted that app but like yesterday it was like man shot twice uh you know man walking around with a machete like the craziest stuff downtown la is crazy you guys I was when I was driving home. There was like two arrests: one on this yeah. side of the yeah. street, <laughs> yes. second was less like today. Really? 
this year. Oh, I thought you meant last night. Okay, this no, is today. Right. Today. Because well, last night there was back. a it was a bunch of somebody got arrested. Two arrests. Downstairs. Yeah. Just today. That's great. Good old Los Angeles. If you want to move somewhere if you want to be Batman, move to downtown LA. You'll be you'll be you'll be tackling a lot of homeless people, but all right, let's have a look here. Okay, so, and then she said, after traveling across state lines to incite riots, she uh, her orders recorded on video last night at the Brooklyn Center directly led to more violence at a drive-by shooting on National Guardsmen in Minnesota earlier this morning. So I'm not 100% sure that that can be attributed to Maxine Waters, although mm-hmm. it's, it's a good possibility that that's true. There's a good possibility that what Maxine Waters said specifically and directly influence the people who committed these acts of violence after she said this. Um, but there's no proof of that. So I don't know if you can just... I, I wouldn't simply... Just, I think it's a little irresponsible to say that what she said certainly did it, did influence it. I would say it likely influenced it or possibly influenced it. That's just me trying to be a responsible person. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Yeah, that's that's one of the that's one of the few times we're not saying this kind of thing. We're not tempering what we're saying, you know, to be nice to the YouTube people. I genuinely think that's a, a more responsible way of talking about this kind of stuff. Um, let's see here. As a sitting U.S. Congresswoman, Maxine Waters threatened a jury demanding a guilty verdict and threatened violence if Chauvin is not is found not guilty. This is an absolute abuse. Oh, sorry, this is also an abuse of power. God, I mean, she's on fire. All these things are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to. Ta- Maxine Waters is basically saying you need to terrorize Minnesota if we don't get what we want. I mean, that's all. Like to me, they need to declare a mistrial. From that alone, they need to declare a mistrial. You can't have a sitting member of Congress sitting there like demanding that somebody be be found guilty. It's like. He's, you know, he's guilty or not guilty depending on the case and what's presented. There's going to be a lot of Chauvin stuff today, by the way, guys. Well, two two things. Uh, the Minnesota National Guard was targeted in a drive-by shooting in Minneapolis just hours after California Representative Maxine Waters said that Black Lives Matter needs to be more confrontational. Uh, the National Guard said that the members were, along with local police, providing neighborhood security near Penn and Broadway Avenue when people in an SUV opened fire on them. The Minnesota National Guard said on its website, thank God no National Guard members were injured in the shooting. I'm not going to read through this whole article because we've talked a lot about this, but um, yeah, I think you guys are all basically on the same page as us. Maxine Waters is a disgrace. She's an old coot. <laughs> She's incredibly dangerous to our society at the moment. I mean, think about it like this. If, if there was like a real, a serious problem with white supremacy, which there isn't obviously in America right now, um, there has been in the past, like, you know, say like the 1930s or something like that. I don't, I don't really know when the Ku Klux Klan was particularly active or dangerous, but it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but let's say there was a bunch of lynchings of black people by white supremacists, something like that. And if a sitting member of Congress came out and said, you guys need to be more violent. I mean, that I mean, I think that person would be very quickly condemned by everybody. But Maxine Waters comes out and basically says, all you black people rioting, you need to be more. What'd she say? Not more aggressive. What's the word she used? More. Awesome. 
<laughs> I wish you'd said you need to be more awesome. Confrontational. You got to remember these things, sweetie. My memory's crap. Um, My English is crap. <laughs> uh, you need to be more confrontational. If 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 you know, conservatives are always thinking about how leftists would perceive it the other way around, because they get away with so much. They just forgive anything. Uh, but not just they don't just forgive things. They're like blind to the fact that they are so unbelievably awful. They don't realize how vicious and terrible they are. And, you know, they just think like, oh, I don't understand what Maxine Waters said was perfectly fine because white people are bad and black people are good. Everybody knows that. <laughs> like, that's the way they think. I mean, they're, they're, they're legit crazy. Leftists have a distorted view of the world that I think is sort of akin to somebody who is like, you know, legitimate, like has like legitimate um, paranoia or schizophrenia or something like this where they genuinely think, you know, things things are happening that aren't, you know, the CIA are listening to me inside my Coke, you know, stuff like that. I mean, th that's how the left is. It's so weird because they think about like conservatives always get a bad rap for having like be being conspiracy theorists. But most of the conspiracy theories that the mainstream conservatives believe end up being true. Almost all of them end up being true. And the ones that like the fringe people believe you know, like uh, leftists eat babies and stuff like that. The fringe right, the stuff that they believe, like that's an, an incredibly small group of fringe conservatives that believe the baby eating and some of the weirder stuff. But the left likes to put all of that on all conservatives. And it's just not true. Most conservatives don't believe the weird, super conspiracy theory stuff. But on the other hand, on the other side, on the left, there is no fringe left. There is no fringe left believing weird conspiracy theories. The whole left believes the conspiracy theories. The whole left believed that Trump was colluding with Russia. In fact, they're still coming out with new stuff now that is absolute nonsense. That, oh, well, in fact, we now have new proof that Trump was colluding with Russia. Okay, you don't. It's a lie. It's just, excuse me. It's just like the lie about Sicknick, right? They were like, oh, Officer Sicknick was... It was uh, bludgeoned to death with a with a fire extinguisher that word bludgeoned what a great word right i mean you know he uh, he obviously was never hit with a fire extinguisher at all so i don't think i'm being disrespectful to him you know but um they were saying he's bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher he wasn't bludgeoned he was never even hit with a fire extinguisher. he had some kind of stroke or something like that it's, it's unclear exactly what happened but he had some kind of medical issue and they're just they're just lying. They're they're saying, oh, uh, you know, uh, white supremacists are 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 um, you know who are who are uh, emboldened by Donald Trump are are causing all kinds of crimes against Asians. These are all essentially conspiracy theories. They're basically obvious lies that have nothing to do with the reality. Oh, Trump's Ukraine phone call clearly a lie. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Schiff, Adam Schiff comes out and he says Trump basically bullied him like a mafia boss and said like if you don't do what I'm telling you to do you're not going to get paid and you know what I'm telling you got to make up dirt on, on Joe Biden. He like made up some like weird scripted thing and you know that got obviously that got um, criticized even by people on the left it was so egregious but the problem with stuff like that is that if, if Adam Schiff comes out and says that even if somebody on CNN says well Trump didn't actually say that in the phone call you're still going to get leftists, voters, left-wing voters, who believe that Trump said that. 
or that that was Trump's, you know, intention because, well, Adam Schiff says it must be true. That's how unbelievably irresponsible these people are. They, they're all conspiracy theorists. Like, all the politicians are conspiracy theorists, all the media is conspiracy theorists, and all the leftist voters buy into the conspiracy theories. So it's not like a fringe part of the left that believes these conspiracy theories. It's the left, right? It's what we, we started calling recently Blue Anon, although that didn't really, I don't think that caught on as a big deal. But I like the idea of calling it Blue Anon because they do have all these crazy conspiracy theories and they're not fringe. They're the mainstream of the left. They believe conspiracy theories like as a, as a standard part of their left-wing philosophy. You know, that black men are being killed by the thousands by cops every year. It's just not true. Like these, the unarmed black men being killed by cops narrative is completely fictional. It's a conspiracy theory. And we have to start calling it that because they're calling a lot of our stuff conspiracy theories, which aren't. And yet they, they you know, they, um, they're constantly spewing conspiracy theories every single day, all day. All right, darling. Yes. That took a little bit longer than I thought because I went on, on a bit of a tangent. But we are done with that story. Let's move on to the next one. Biden accidentally uses the word crisis. Yeah. Okay. So this is quite fun. Uh, we have a video for you guys here. Let's go ahead and watch Biden call the situation on the border a crisis. Let's see here. Oh boy, President Joe Biden finally saying that there's a crisis at the southern U.S. border as a new poll reveals a growing number of Americans see illegal immigration as a very big problem. Okay, so we saw there he used the word crisis. But the <laughs> but so here's what they're saying now. Here's what like Psaki is saying. She's saying, oh, no, no, no. He didn't mean that the border surge in immigrants is a crisis. What he said was there's a crisis because the things in South America and Central America are so bad that people want to come up here. That's the cri the crisis. Yeah, that's it. So the crisis is the the bad living conditions that are forcing them to come mm. up here. That that's the crisis. Okay, that's it. So she, they just made up. Like obviously they went into crisis mode over in D.C. and they all went around and said, "Okay, how do we fix this? How do we fix this?" And then Saki just like came out with this absolute rubbish everybody knows it's a crisis it's obviously a crisis the, the idea that they're still pretending that it's just like it's just a situation you know it's it's good what we're doing is good it's a good thing letting all these illegal immigrants into america is a good thing um so anyway so the headline here this is from fox news saki walk walks back biden's border crisis comments acknowledging crisis in central america um, so she said there is a crisis in Central America, but it's not at the U.S. border. When Joe Biden referred to the immigration-related crisis over the weekend, he was not referring to migrants crossing the southern border, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki insisted to reporters on Monday. The Biden administration had resisted using the term crisis to describe the number of migrants crossing the border in record numbers, including many unaccompanied children and 172,000 migrant encounters in March alone. The problem with the whole—the uh, reason I think that it, that it should be considered a crisis— is because it's something that in like the the border patrol doesn't have the capacity to deal with mm -hmm. 
It's something that's use, being used by the cartels to bring more drugs in and guns and crime and whatever it is that they want. You okay? You, you, you surviving it's there? really bright. <laughs> you, you don't have to look at me. <laughs> you can look away. <laughs> you, you want sunglasses? Am I not too bright? Do you want sunglasses? Look, no, seriously. No, go on. Get some, I'll, I'll put it on me. No, am I? No. It's on am me. I, go. Am I not, go am your... not too bright? No, you're fine. You look good. Okay. You're, you're glowing. Fine, I'll um, obviously, like, there's a lot of, like, uh, sexual assault that happens when people are trying to be trafficked from Mexico into the United States. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these human traffickers are <clears throat> sexually abusing the people they're bringing over. Mm -hmm. Some of them children, you know. Yeah. A lot of them children. It's, it's pretty nasty. I mean, it is very obviously a crisis. And this is a crisis that was created by Biden encouraging people to come through the border. And it's interesting. The other day, they, they put a cap on... Well, Trump had a cap, I think, of like 15,000 for the year or something like that, illegal immigrants to like let in. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know what the cap situation was. I didn't pay attention to that story too well. But there was this cap that they had cited that said, that's, that's a fairly good cap. We'll think about uh, increasing it if we hit that number. And then, like, a few hours later, they increased the number. And reporters were like, why'd you increase the number? And it was very obviously because, like, AOC had tweeted, like, this is BS. Like, they should increase the number. It's stupid that they're sticking with Trump's number. So they're, like, letting the far left basically push them into positions that maybe they they weren't prepared to jump into. But then again, at the end of the day, look, I don't think that any moderates are running the government right now. You know, they pitched Joe Biden as this moderate, steady hand that was going to steer the ship and, you know, correct our course and, you know, make America great again, which is obviously what Trump already did. But that was their pitch to the left. And then Trump and then uh, Biden get, gets into office, however he got there. And now they're basically just implementing any radical policy like the AOC types want put in. They, they're not even really... They're not even really trying to find any kind of common ground with conservatives. Somebody said the other day, some some politician, I don't remember who it was, on the left, they said, well, bipartisan support doesn't actually mean bipartisan support amongst politicians that are working in Washington, D.C. today. It doesn't necessarily need to be conservative politicians in Congress that support something. All bipartisan support means is that there are some conservatives that agree with it somewhere. <laughs> so, so if Democrats have a plan and no conservatives agree with it in Congress, but the, 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 like the bill gets passed into law or something like that, they think that they can claim bipartisan support now if they can find one Republican somewhere in the country who agrees with the idea. So it, doesn't, it, it could be the most horrible rhino. Uh, another incident. Let's see here. Woman armed with a brush. Not sure that's that's something that needed to be reported. <laughs> Speaking of AOC, uh, armed with a brush. Did you did you see the video that she showed up in like baseball game in the park without mask on? Oh no, I didn't see that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, you don't need to wear a mask now. It's I mean, the, but of course the left thinks that you do. Did you see the video? I know you saw it because we talked about it, right? I, mm -hmm. I think so. Um, there was a video recently that that uh, was, what was it? Uh, Buddha judge, you know what I'm gonna say? 
Buttigieg pretends that he bicycles to work every yes, day. Yes, I remember that. But he was driven to work. I, I can't believe we didn't cover this on the show. I wish we had. He was driven to work in like an SUV by his people, I guess. And then he had the bike in the back. And somebody caught a video of him getting to the Capitol or getting to the White House or wherever it is that he's working now. Jumping out of the car, running to the back, getting his bike out of the back, and then riding the last few yards or whatever it is to work to make it look like I'm riding every day to work. And I thought to myself, why wouldn't he just, like, let's say he's late to work one day. Why doesn't he just let himself be driven occasionally and just most of the time ride to work? And that's still pretty good. You know, you're still kind of like saving the environment or where the left wants you to... But I think the reason he did it was because he's the kind of person that would want to be able to say if he's running for office, Mm -hmm. every single day when I worked at this job, every single day I rode my bike to work, every single day, right? He's the kind of guy that would want to do like use that as a political point. But now he can't ever say that. (laughs) Somebody got that video, which I just love. I just love that somebody got that video. So now, Buttigieg, I know you're listening. Uh, stop pretending. Okay, we all know it's a, a, you know, you can't use that anymore. You might as well just drive to work like everybody else. Um, although I pre- I wish I could ride my bike to work. Actually, honestly, I would love to ride my bike to work. You know why I can't ride my bike to work, ladies and gentlemen? Valeria, tell them. Hello? <laughs> because you work from home? Yes, thank you. God, that, that took me. Why did that take so long? I was like, is this some kind of tricky question? What is it? <laughs> yeah, what do I have to answer so he won't beat me later? <laughs> Don't say that. You're going to get me in trouble. Um, I, would lo- I would love to bike to work, but I can't. Oh, by the way, I heard a great... Uh, a great. Uh, okay, this is completely not related to anything we're talking about. But speaking of like trick questions... I heard a great uh, fact about history that's a nice little trivia IQ test. If you want to take the little IQ test, um, this may annoy the hell out of you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you anyway because this is a bit of a tricky question. In World, War tr- in World War I, I think it was, British soldiers early on, British soldiers in World War I. Darling, are you listening to me or are you looking at your phone? Of course I'm listening. Why are you looking at your phone? I was I want, taking a picture of the super chat. I want you to pay attention to this because I want I want to I test your IQ. Of the super chat. I want to test your I IQ. I was taking picture of the super we'll chat. Let's see how smart my wife is. So, so in World War One, the soldiers, the British soldiers, originally they didn't wear helmets, mm-hmm. and there was a certain number. There was like pretty high death count from. Uh, people getting hit in the head and lots of injuries, all kinds of stuff like that, right? People were getting injured like crazy getting hit in the head. They're just shrapnel would hit them, people getting shot in the head, all kinds of stuff like that. I'm not sure a helmet would get would help people getting shot, but certain other kinds of damage it would it would help them. So they implemented the helmet. Okay. Naturally. They designed a helmet that like flat one, you know, you, you remember from World War One that the British war. And what they found was a five times increase in head injuries after they implemented the helmet. Because they were trying to test it. No. They were trying to test it. Come on. So what, they were bashing their heads into things? No, that's not why. That's not why. I'll give you a minute. We'll finish this story. And then I'll see uh, what you guys think. Um, You can go ahead and write in the comments. Valeria, don't read the comments. I don't want you to get the answer. Uh, <laughs> I want I want to to make you look silly in front of everybody. No, uh, there is a good reason why there was a five x increase in head injuries after they implemented helmets, and we'll get to that 
after we finish this story. So, um, let's see here. When Biden administration resisted, blah, 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 blah. Okay. The Biden administration had resisted using the term crisis to describe the number of migrants crossing the border in record numbers, uh, including many unaccompanied children and 172,000 migrant encounters in March alone. That's crazy. Instead, referring to the situation as a challenge. <laughs> on Saturday, the president made reference to the crisis that ended up on the border with young people. But according to Saki, this had been misconstrued. Yeah, sure it did. Sure it was. The, uh, the, the president does not feel that children coming to our border seeking refuge from violence, economic hardships, and other dire circumstances is a crisis. Um, sure. Uh, Saki said during a press briefing on Monday, he does feel that the crisis in Central America, the dire circumstances that many are fleeing from, uh, that that is a situation that we need to spend our time and effort on. We need to address. We need to address it if we're going to prevent more of the influx. So what are you going to do? You're just going to send a bunch of money down to South America. We've been doing that for decades. It hasn't helped. You know why? Because a lot of that money goes to corrupt politicians. And what are you smiling at? Just smiling. Yeah, you got Some a little... people want things that I'm. Oh, is that your not? Is that your not resting bitch face? Okay, uh -huh. very good. I thought you were laughing at something, some comment. All right, so let's see here. Uh, yeah, and they, you know you've all got the cartels that run a lot of these places down there, and it's just it's just absolutely awful. Oh, hey, look, a mixed couple in an ad. How unusual! <laughs> I was point, I was point out to Valeria. Whenever we see black people in ads, I go, Blair, 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 quick, 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 look, look at the TV, look at the TV. Black people in a commercial. That's so weird. You never see that. Because every single commercial has black people in it now. I mean, Hollywood is so, they're just like, we need to push black people in our commercials because we don't, we're not racist. All right, let's see here. Um, oh, God, stop doing that. Why is the webpage? I hate it when, Fox News, come on. You're, you're, you're like a multi-billion dollar company. What are you doing like? Having a website that changed, like, we don't need that. We don't need that. Get more professional. All right, let's see here. Um, he does feel that the crisis in Central America, the dire circumstance, we need to, okay, but you're not going to be able to fix those countries. Stop trying to nation build. Focus on fixing our country. America first, right? That's what Trump did. Create prosperity for all of us. Put in a border. You know what a border does? You know what a great thing about a border is? Like, I, I feel actually sorry for immigrants that want to jump the border and just get over here and, like, make some money and do what they want to do here. I, I, I respect that. Like, I would do it if I lived down there. But I'll tell you what. You know, you know what it does when you have a porous border between a poor country and a rich country? Not everybody is going to be able to even make that journey because it costs thousands and thousands of dollars. So what you do is you get the people that are sort of coming up already in their country, people that have the capacity to be successful, people who would otherwise maybe fight in a revolution, you know, young men, uh, people who would potentially maybe be successful and economically thrive and hire people in that country and improve the economy. Mm -hmm. They all come to America, right? It's what, it's what sometimes they call brain drain, where you have a country and all the smartest people from that country go to another country, like a more successful country because they want to make money, that country loses all their smartest people and then they, they never, they never uh, improve. So keeping these borders porous, uh, keeping these borders porous and keeping uh, inviting all of these immigrants, you're actually doing a disservice to these countries. And when she says we need to help those countries there so that people aren't as inclined to flee into the United States, that's the best you can do. Build the wall 
and stop incentivizing people to come here to come here. The president's discussion of a crisis was meant to explain why he had not yet is moving again had not yet raised the cap on refugees that had been put in place by former President Donald Trump. Sorry, I should have had that up so you can see what I'm complaining about when the when the webpage shifts. Uh, yeah, here it is. The president's discussion of the crisis was meant to explain we had not yet raised the cap on refugees that had been put in place by President Donald Trump. So that's it. It wasn't illegal immigrants that he was letting in. It. It's specifically refugees. There's a cap on refugees. See, okay, why, why is it doing... Fox News, whoever's making your website really needs to sort that out. That's really annoying. Biden had said in February that he would increase the cap to 125000 for fiscal year 2022, which begins in October. Uh, fellow Democrats were upset at the current cap of 15000 that that it was kept in place. Well, specifically like AOC and radical leftists. Hours later, the White House changed course, blaming confusion on behalf of the media. And I talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, on Monday, Saki would not say if Biden's decision was now to raise the cap due to Democrat pressure. All right. Um, anyway, point is that even the left can't keep their words straight because it's so obviously a crisis that they can't help but use that term. Um, all right. Well, I'm done with that story unless you have something to say, darling. No, I have nothing to say. And let's move on. All right. Let's move on. This next story is a doozy. But before we do, I should answer the question to the riddle. Why was there five times the number of head injuries after they implemented the helmet? Have you figured it out? Have you thought about it? <laughs> okay, this is why. It was because all of those people, previously when they didn't have the helmet, were just being killed. So you don't report a head injury of somebody who dies. You report them as a death. Obviously, you're not treating them for a head uh. injury. They just died. So the helmets were protecting the men, and they were protecting them so well that they, in fact, had a five-fold increase in head injuries because people were getting hit in the head, and they were having injuries, but they weren't being killed. Boom. An amazing riddle, I thought, dealing with statistics uh, and, and the way that people perceive statistics. And I don't know if it's really an IQ test. It's really just a... It's it's more like a test of like outside the box thinking. I I don't know what it is, but that that wouldn't really tell you if you're smart or not. <laughs> um, but anyway, but I th I think it's an interesting fact of history. It's just an interesting way that we perceive how things are. All right, darling, darling Valeria, can you please read me the next headline? Uh, home of defense witness in Chauvin trial gets vandalized with a pig's head. Yes, vandalized with a pig's head. This is this is a fantastic story. I mean, fantastic in that it's provocative. Like, in terms of, like, a news story, it doesn't get better than this. Nobody was hurt, right? But it does show, I think it very nicely illustrates how effed up leftists are and how unfair this trial is and how people seem to feel like it's totally acceptable to, to do something like this um, when... You know, people have just made up their mind that this guy's guilty, right? They they think that Chauvin is guilty and that, you know, anybody who defends him is just pure evil. And, oh, God, these people are awful. All right, let's see here. So this is what the front door of this guy's house looks like. Now, this is not where he lives, actually. Um, So this is, what's this guy's name? 
What's this guy's name? Uh, vandals leave severed pig's head at former home of defen- defense witness in Chauvin trial. Uh, Barry Brode is his name. He's a former police officer. And Barry Brode was brought in basically to talk about whether or not the amount of force that Chauvin was using on jo- on uh, George Floyd was warranted. Mm-hmm. And um, he he said some things that people didn't like. And so people went to a house that he thought was his... And they sprayed blood all over it, and then they put a, a severed pig's head, I guess, on his doorstep or something like that. But anyway, um, but uh, but anyway, it's not his house. It, he had moved out of that house years earlier. Somebody else lived there, so some random person just had all their their house just kind of vandalized by some thugs. Right, let's re- read here. Uh, police officers over the weekend found. A severed pig's head and blood uh, splashed on and around a doorway of a home in California, formerly occupied by an expert who testified for the defense in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. On April 17th, a group of vandals dumped the pig's head in front of the uh, in front of and splattered blood on the house in West Santa Rosa, the city's police department said. Photographs disseminated by authorities showed blood smeared across the home's garage doors and splattered on and around the front door. Officers arrived to find the front of the victim's house smeared with what appeared to be animal blood and a decapitated pig's head near the front of the porch, uh, near the front porch. The Santa, uh, Bar- the Santa Rosa Police Department said in a statement, the home was once the resident of Barry Brood, Brode, Broad, I don't know how to pronounce that, a retired police officer who was called in, uh, called by the defense in Chauvin's trial in the death of George Floyd. Brode hasn't lived in the home for years, police said. He's no longer, he no longer resides in California. The cost to clean up the vandalism exceeded $400, making it a felony. The group fled after the current resident called the police around 3 a.m. About 45 minutes later, a large hand statue in front of the Santa Rosa Plaza Mall was vandalized with a similar substance suspected to be animal blood. The suspects also left a, fr- a sign in front of the statue. The sign had a picture in uh, a picture of a pig and the words oink oink. Obviously, people who don't like police. Uh, witnesses, uh, witness descriptions of the group that vandalized this actually were similar to descriptions of the group that vandalized the residents. Well, why don't you tell us what that description is? <laughs> I don't understand. All right. Brode could not be reached for comment. Brode told the court in Minneapolis last week that the force that Chauvin used on Floyd, who was on the ground after resisting arrest for allegedly uh, using a counterfeit bill, was justified. Um, and you know what? Let's go ahead and watch that video, actually, because I have it here. Um, it, it was, it was actually a pretty, uh, mild mannered guy and just presenting his perspective. Uh, this is pretty quiet, so you may have to turn the volume up. Just briefly overview your opinions in this particular case. I felt that Derek Chauvin was justified and was acting with objective reasonableness following Minneapolis police department policy and current standards of law enforcement and his interactions with Mr. Floyd. In your opinion, was this a use of deadly force? It was not. And in your view of that uh, use of force, um, what is your perspective on that? Uh, That Mr. Floyd's level of resistance was, it was objectively reasonable for those officers to do the techniques that they were doing. I felt that that level of resistance exhibited by Mr. Floyd justified the officers in higher levels use of force that they chose not to select. 
In a situation where we have here, where you're actually physically on top of someone, in a, in a position which, based on your training, and based on your experience, and based on your knowledge, could cause positional asphyxia, that's a different context, correct? Yes. And in that context, it, it would, a reasonable police officer would at least acknowledge and consider the possibility that what they're doing is causing a problem, wouldn't they? Where you would interpret what Mr. Floyd is doing while he's making the statements, and it appeared to me with that video that he was still struggling. Struggling or writhing? I don't know the difference. Well, would a reasonable police officer on the scene consider whether somebody is actively resisting or writhing on the ground because they can't breathe? I think it'd be reasonable for the officer to take what Mr. Floyd had been doing prior to that and still consider that he was struggling. Mics are on. Okay, so. Okay, I'll stop swearing. <laughs> um, you know, what that guy said was, uh, I think, spot on. I've often thought that whilst watching the full video, the full police uh, body cam footage, um, George Floyd had been resisting basically from the moment the officer approached the car. He was screaming, almost mm -hmm. crying, um, saying like, don't kill me, don't kill me. The officer didn't have his gun out. The officer wasn't threatening him in any way. He was saying, don't kill me, don't kill me, almost as a kind of um, suggestion that, oh, because in the popular media, there's this idea that police will kill black uh, suspects, that he could sort of pretend to be a victim in this case. And so I think that the police officers from that very moment weren't really taking the things that he said seriously. He appeared to be um, a little bit messed up, either on drugs or something, or maybe he was a little crazy. But in either case, you couldn't really take what he was saying at face value. He would say things like, um, I'm claustrophobic. I can't ride in the back seat. I, yeah. I need somebody with me. He, he was saying all kinds of weird stuff. He said, I can't breathe a number of times before police officers ever touched him. Um, he jumped into the car and then jumped out of the car, uh, you know, uh, in, in the other side. He like, s you know, slithered from one side to the other mm -hmm. to kind of evade the police. Yeah. He's obviously trying to get out of things. He was saying, can I sit in the front seat? There's a lot of weird stuff that was going on there. So, you know, it's what, it's what we would refer to in America as the boy who cried wolf. You know, he had said a lot of things that seemed that, that he was lying or that he was just saying things to try to get out of arrest. And so the police were, I think, under the impression that everything that he was doing was a lie. And everything that he was doing was just a, a, a means to desperately escape arrest. Mm -hmm. And so even if you are detaining him after he's been struggling for so long to get away and, and trying to slip out of custody, if he's struggling there on the ground or if he's playing, you know, if, if he's not struggling, you think, okay, well, maybe he's still trying to get out of it. Or maybe he is playing playing dead or pretending to be subdued when he isn't and so i think that these cops and, and this what this guy said was i think really profound he said i think that they had every right to use more force than they did and they actually restrained themselves and they used less force than they had to a lot of people point to the knee on the neck as a particularly vicious restraining method that yeah. was probably used you know probably contributed to his death 
to me, that's really unclear. Did did the restraining method cause, like, in any way contribute to his death? I don't think so. I think had they just had him in cuffs in the back seat, I think that he would have died. That's my thought. I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows. Hey, Aston, did I wake you up? Sorry, buddy. Um, I don't think anybody knows one way or the other. But at the end of the day... You know, that's really a guess because we know that the, the primary cause of death was the the drug overdose. Um, and so it's, the whole trial to me is a sham. The whole, the whole trial to me is like a, a is ridiculous. But people so desperately want to believe that this guy intentionally murdered George Floyd, despite the fact that all these other cops are just standing around thinking that what he was doing was perfectly normal. And also, if you consider that the Minneapolis police officers are trained to restrain suspects in that way using the knee to the neck method and a lot of police officers around the country are trained to to do that um if you want to blame anybody to say that the knee on the neck contributed to the death you have to blame literally like every cop in the country who has who would determine that for their department that that is a reasonable way to restrain people i mean it's something that's used all over the world to restrain people and is everybody now guilty of attempted murder anytime they've ever restrained anybody that way? I don't think so. I mean, I, I've never heard of anybody else being killed because of that particular restraint. I mean, I, I, if I were the the attorney in charge of the defense, even though I'm not an attorney, um, I would have played video and, and posted photos and talked about the statistics of how many times officers around the world have used that restraining technique and how many people have died specifically because of the restraining technique. My guess is that it's it's something like zero. You never know. I'm sure there. I mean, look. At the end of the day, there might be a couple, but there probably was. Were, there was probably always some other kinds of circumstances around the death. It probably wasn't just that restraint, because I'm pretty sure that that's a restraint that's used specifically because it's effective and it's not deadly. Um. All right. So. Anyway, we can see the viciousness of the left here splattering blood on somebody's door, putting a dead pig's head. This is another reason why it's possible that if Derek Chauvin is convicted, which I don't think he will be, I think. I mean, people are saying that they that they think that this is all fixed and that he will be convicted because it's fixed. I'm not so sure. I think that this judge is pretty decent. I, I don't I don't know about the jury. The jury's a tough, tough call, but to me it's so obvious that the guy's innocent that uh, I don't see how he could possibly be convicted. But if he is, by some scheming method, I think that you're going to have to call it a mistrial because of what what was done here, trying to intimidate witnesses, because of Maxine Waters going around saying, if he's he's, he's not convicted, you have to go out and riot in the streets. I mean, basically threatening Minneapolis, threatening everybody involved uh, uh, in various ways. I mean, this is a mistrial. Mm-hmm. Easy. That's my guess. I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer, but that's what, that would be my guess. Anyway, do you want me to turn up the brightness on your camera? I can. Yeah, I can read the next story. Um, yeah, and the final story, I believe, for today. Yeah. Uh, Facebook is shutting down smaller apps. You gotta throw in a little bit of chit chat there, where I'm while I'm brightening you up. I'm Russian. I don't know how to chit chat. 
All right. So yeah, um, a little bit of graphic imagery of a of a of a Facebook emoji hand flipping people off. So just just beware. I'm gonna switch to that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Not for the faint of heart, ladies and gentlemen. A bit crude. Uh, anyway, this is a website called Android Police. Um, this guy has written here about uh, Facebook has been bullying third-party apps, Swipe and Simple Social. Uh, they're they're bullying them into oblivion. They're strong-arming these apps into shutting down. Um, they've they've or, they've uh, they'd um, distributed cease and desist letters. Uh, so let's have a look at what's going on here exactly. This isn't competition in the sense that these these apps are like their own social media apps. Mm-hmm. What they are is basically people have figured out that the Facebook app on your on your like Android phone is pretty terrible. It's like not mm-hmm. a particularly good app. Yeah. Like it, it's it's much better on the desktop. So what they've done is they've de- they've developed interfaces for you to interface with Facebook that are much more pleasant. Their um their user interface or UI is much more pleasing than the than the official one from Facebook. And so they produce these apps that you can download and you can use and and they they access all your information from Facebook and they let let you use the uh, Facebook app or Facebook your Facebook page mm-hmm. in a much more enjoyable way. And these apps have been around for a long time. I guess they're very popular. I've never heard of them, but apparently they're very popular. But Facebook is like, no, you're not allowed to use these apps that take Facebook information and, and make it much better. You're not allowed to do this. So they're shutting these apps down, which I actually think is great because it seems to me like we now have a stronger case to show that a lot of these social media giants are using their power uh and violating antitrust laws. They're actually acting as monopolies and shutting down other businesses that they don't like that are in some way competing with them. So let's go ahead and read this. Facebook's Android apps are rarely the best way to to actually use Facebook on smartphones. That's why various third-party options have sprung up all, uh, over the years, giving users better interfaces, smaller and faster apps, and just generally improving the experience. But it looks like Facebook is tired of being shown up. Two very popular rappers, what they're calling rappers, W R A P P E R S, for the site. Uh, one one's called Swipe, the other's called S- uh, Simple Social. So yes. I had to get down to get something downstairs. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. important. Kind of important. All right. Uh, do you want to tell me what it is? All right. That's Valeria gone. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's maybe it's something that will uh, spoil. Uh, sometimes she orders cat food and stuff like that. So, um. Sorry about that. Uh, the best part of the show has just disappeared. That's terrible. Uh, according to messages from the developers of both apps, Facebook is uh, sicking its lawyers on multiple apps that offer an alternative way to access the network beyond the official apps and the mobile uh, site. The developer of Swipe for Facebook posted this message to the app subreddit. It is with very a very heavy heart that the day has finally come to say goodbye to Swipe for Facebook. Today, I have received a cease and desist letter from some attorneys representing Facebook. My social media account on Facebook and Instagram have also been permanently disabled. Wow, that's kind of vicious. They were like, we don't like what you're doing. We're going to, you're not even allowed on Facebook. I mean, that's just petty at that point, I think. Unfortunately, locking me out of tons of memories over the years and contact with many distant relatives. I believe this happened to numerous other developers as well, meaning the day of Facebook wrapper apps have finally come to an end. Because of all this, I've pulled both swipe for Facebook and Swipe Pro for Facebook from the Google Play Store, the app will still function for those who have it, although I don't know how much longer. 
I mean, this is just, this is like a really vicious thing for Facebook to do. Um, this is this is the, I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but hopefully, hopefully we can. I don't know. I don't. I say we. Hopefully, Americans can go after these social media giants for their bullying uh, corporate behavior. They're just these monsters, right? That they basically just do whatever they think that they they want to do. They have just so much power in America. It's unbelievable. Obviously, the thing that we uh, have the biggest problem with here on Mr. Reagan is their ability to manipulate information and censor conservatives or ideas that they don't like. Um, but I've actually heard about this before, not necessarily bullying other apps out of existence. But one thing that, that uh, Facebook is kind of famous for, actually, is if there's an app that shows up that, that starts getting popular, that's an alternative to Facebook, like an ulterior, uh, an alternative social media site. What Facebook will sometimes do if it gets big enough is they'll just give the developers of the new social media site, like whatever it is, like a few million dollars. Let's say we want to buy this uh, new social media platform from you. And then once they buy that social media platform that may have tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of users, they'll just delete it. It's gone. Like that social media developer just got bought out and the competition was just crushed, right? And to me, and they don't talk about this, right? None of this, this is all done with um, uh, privacy contracts and stuff like that, what they call it, uh, non-disclosure agreements. So nobody is allowed to talk about it because I think if they did, it would be very obvious that uh, Facebook has been violating antitrust laws for years, actually. Uh, but this is just another indication of that. Uh, let's see here. Forcing a developer to kill an app that's been popular for years is already pretty heavy-handed, but nuking said developer's personal social media profiles as well shows that Facebook isn't pulling any punches. Its aim appears to be shutting down all third-party tools for accessing the site. Yeah, that I mean, they're they're just going after these people on a personal level, right? It's sort of like uh, it's sort of like going after a business that uh you know in like the like the mafia back in the old days right they'd go up to a business they'd go hey uh we don't like that you're buying your your uh your supplies from this other company you should be buying from our company and they go oh well, the other company's cheaper and they go okay well uh it would be a shame it'd be a shame if your daughter got uh, her face cut up uh you know because you're just buying from this other party because like you know i don't know what's going to happen to your daughter if you keep buying from that company i mean i just suspect i don't know why but i suspect that maybe something horrible would happen to your daughter and they're like oh crap okay and then they have to buy from you know the, the mafia's business that's kind of what facebook is doing here they're kind of like oh oh you you, you third party uh apps you want to keep uh keep taking uh taking our customers and, and showing them how bad our app is and producing these wraps, which I don't understand how they're so bad for Facebook, but whatever. Um, I guess maybe they hide the Facebook ads and they're like, oh, you're not you're not letting us get all that uh, juicy ad revenue. Therefore, we got to shut you down. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to actually ban you from Facebook personally. We're going to delete all your photos. We're going to destroy all your contacts. You're screwed, buddy. I mean, you know, it's funny. It's like I don't even use Facebook anymore, but there are some contacts that I have on Facebook that I don't have anywhere else because they're just... People I knew from like a million years ago. Uh, I've been alive for a very long time. and uh, <laughs> But there are people I knew from a very long time ago. And, you know, I don't necessarily contact them much anymore. But they're there on the app. And if I wanted to contact them, I could go look them up on the app and I could find them. And I really don't have any other way of contacting these people. And 
you know, Facebook is great for that. It's great for like having this uh, like sort of long term record of your connections, um, you know, and just reaching out to anybody at any time because like I think pretty much every single person on the planet is on Facebook at this point. Um, so yeah, it's a good resource for that. So Facebook's like like just deleting people's uh personal facebook accounts because they don't like them and they don't like their business uh, that's pretty hard that's pretty harsh that's pretty harsh uh, let's see here the developer the dev the developer of simple social another popular facebook rapper app um had an even more alarming message for users it was delivered via a pop-up notification for those still using the app after it was removed from the play store important message due to changes created by facebook simple social is no longer supported you can continue to use Simple Social. However, uh, you do so at your own accord. Your Facebook account may possibly be disabled temporarily or permanently, which is not under the control of creative trends. Sorry for any, any inconvenience that this may have caused. Thank you all for supporting. Thank you all. Okay. Thank you for all your support over the last five years. Have a great day. And I'm done with this article. And the wife is back. Hello, wife. <laughs> What was it? What, 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 what was it? What was it? What was it? I'll explain to you later. Oh, we're not allowed to tell the people. No. Okay. Can I keep something in secret? From, from the world? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Just not from me. I no. won't find out all your secrets. Um, yeah. Okay. That's fun. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think Facebook is a disaster at this point in terms of their policies. I think Twitter's a disaster. They even say here at the bottom that Twitter's done kind of the same things. Um, you know, I think all of these things should violate antitrust policies. I mean, these companies, they just they just are destroying, like, the little people, you know, people who are just trying to start up little companies, stuff like that. They're just like, ah, I'm going to crush you because you're a minor threat to me. I mean, they're just vicious, nasty, and awful. Um, but beyond that, I think the more important thing, of course, is that they uh, manipulate the information that people get so that people don't have all the information they need in order to vote intelligently in U.S. elections. I think that's the bigger problem, of course. But this is just another example of how these major companies wield their excessive power in, a, in an unethical way. And Valeria, do you have anything to say about that? No, I do not. All right. So, so, super chats. We are done with the news. Yes, we're done with the news. Let's go ahead and read some of your questions and comments. Okay, we already read some couple super chats uh -huh. before. There is the next one, would be from Jonathan Khan. Uh huh. K U H N. Okay. Nobody mentioned how tall each of you are yet. I'm guessing Mr. Reagan is 5'8 and Mrs. E is 5'2. 5'8? Jeez, no, I'm 5'10. Five, 5'8? Five, Why would you think I was that short? That's a weird thing to think. I mean, you don't see me standing up ever. I'm never standing up. I do, I do know a lot of very tall people. Like Gorka is like, I think he's like eight feet tall. My father is six foot two, which is really annoying because <laughs> when I was a kid, I just thought I would, you know, I was actually taller than most of the kids in my class growing up. So once I was like, I don't know, 14 to 15, I, or probably a little younger than, probably like 12, 13, I was taller than everybody or as tall. I, I was one of the taller kids. I wasn't, there are some kids, you know, that are like crazy tall, even when they're like 12. I wasn't one of them, but I was like, of most of the normal sized guys in my class, I was probably the tallest or one of the tallest. And then, 
we hit like 15, 16, 17, and all these guys got super tall, like six foot two. And, I'm, and I stopped. I stopped at 5'10. I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I was like, I, so I do kind of consider myself short because actually most of the people that I know uh, in my life uh, over the years have been taller than me. Most of my friends are 5'11, are 6 foot, 6'1, 6'2, around that range um but most of my family at least on my dad's side they're all really tall i mean everybody's like over over six foot even the women uh i think are pretty tall but we but my sister i think is five seven or something like that but we um yeah my mom's side of the family is all very short everybody's on my mom's side short everybody on my dad's side is super tall so um i wouldn't say super tall but tall so i got i got screwed over i got i got the i got the scotland side you think scottish people are tall but not my grandfather he was (laughs) He was, he was short. My my uncles are short. Well, we're all basically five ten. My brother's five ten. My brother Nick got lucky. He's six foot, so he got sort of normal man height. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not five eight. That's that's terrible. That that was a super chat. Somebody paid money to call me five eight. I'm offended. <laughs> not, not that being a short guy is, is necessarily a bad thing. I think Tom Cruise is five six. But uh, anyway, all right. Anything else? Well, what about my height? They're a little short on you too. You're what? You're five three. I measured myself. Uh-huh. I was five one. <laughs> I was measured by a doctor. I'm five three. So I'm saying that I'm five two. Well, if the doctor measured you at five three. You're probably five three. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll measure you after the after this is over. After this is over, we'll measure her. We'll get the exact height. Anything else? Uh, next super chat. Mm-hmm. From Patriot Daniel. Yes. Just five bucks, not saying anything. Oh, thank you very much, Patriot Daniel. That's excellent. And this person who paid 20 bucks, uh-huh. Slayer Sigma Jetta. Uh-huh. And I think I saw him, I think it's him, uh-huh. complaining that, hey, answer your super chats like while we were doing our tickets. We answer the super chats at the end of the show. That's how we do the show. So don't okay. put in super chats until the end. Do you think that at some point conservatives must stop talking the supposed moral high ground and react with violence of their own? No, no, I don't think it's violence... It's the only language the left understands. No, I, if, I don't agree with that. If they want a war, why not give it to them? Look... Uh, at some point, if if enough, uh, if the if the left acts egregious enough, if our civil rights are being violated in a significant way, uh, then obviously we won't have a choice. I think that if there is a violent um, <clears throat> revolution in America, it would have to be to some degree a military intervention. So we would have to somehow get the military on the side of the conservatives, and then they would just remove. Biden from office. I think that's how it would go. Um, I don't think that there's a possibility of having like a war between militias in America and the U.S. military. I don't think that's going to be happening. Um, I certainly don't think a militia is going to come in and take out Joe Biden. I don't think that that would be respected by most people um, in America. I think what would have to happen is there would have to be some military leader that would have people in the White House removed and we would have somebody else put in place temporarily until we could have a, a proper election. Um, <clears throat> that's how I suspect such a coup would have to occur. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities coming up in the near future. Um, 
I, I don't want to see that. I would not want to see that. I would want to see a free and fair election in 2022. I'd like to see us reclaim Congress, uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate. And then um, I don't want to see the court pact, the Supreme Court pact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see everything sort of remain fair and honest and, you know, as much as possible. Now, will that happen? I don't know. It's tough to say. Democrats are in charge right now. I don't trust them at all anymore. I used to say that, you know, you could trust Democrats to some degree because they're not going to go so far that people are going to recognize that they're totally corrupt. They're not going to go so far as to commit criminal acts that could put them in prison. Now, I, I'm not so sure about that. I think that they are, I wouldn't put that past them. So I am a little bit more concerned. And I, I, I do think that it is possible that there will have to be some kind of um, retaliatory action by the military if things go too far. Um, I don't think we're there quite yet, but, you know, it's it's getting closer than I would have ever imagined would happen in my lifetime. So I, that's kind of scary. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that we... The, the other thing that's a little bit of a problem is you have to be able to convince enough Americans that corruption is happening. What the Democrats are very good at, I think, is they're they're very good at lying uh, uh, in a way that convinces enough people that that people still think that the Democrats are like honest and they're like the good side. They're like the good ones doing doing the good stuff. You know, yeah. If you talk to Democrats, like I've I've been replying to one guy that has been writing me a lot lately, who who's a very close friend of mine, and. It's just amazing to me that people still believe Democrats are 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 honest and like and that Trump is like such a bad guy and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just obviously they're wrong. But it doesn't matter how much evidence you put in front of them. It doesn't matter how much logic and reason and rationality that you put in front of them. They are convinced that MSNBC and Rachel Maddow are telling them the truth. It's it's just crazy. All right. Um, Next super chat. Yeah. From us, Stefan Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Chris Biden reminds me of that governor Mel Brooks in Blazing Saddles. I've never actually seen Blazing Saddles, but I'll watch it. I'll, I'll have to watch it. My mother loves that movie. She's just one of her favorite movies. You, I remind you of the governor. Hold on, Biden. I think up. Biden reminds. Oh, Biden reminds. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I thought. I thought. I thought you said that. It's Biden. Biden. Okay, Biden reminds you of the governor of Blazing Head. I'll have to watch that. My mother and my father, they love that movie. They always try to encourage me to watch. I never have because I I don't know. I just, it seems like silly. I don't really love Mel Brooks comedy. I mean, I liked, when I was a kid, I liked Spaceballs and I like some of that stuff, but it's not really my kind of thing. I never watched The Producers. I should watch Blazing Saddles. Everybody says it's like this fantastic film, so I should watch it. Uh, Chris K writes, Biden will be taken out by Alzheimer's and not a military coup. <laughs> I think Biden's already been taken out by Alzheimer's. I mean, the, the, the thing about Biden is he's already out. When I say there's a military coup that's going to take Biden out, potentially, if, if things get too bad, um, taking Biden out of the White House would just be a symbolic gesture. Biden doesn't control anything. Um, Biden is the mechanism by which other people control the American people, you know, control the office of the presidency. Um, they just put papers in front of him and have him sign them. So he is in control in the sense that he's physically in control because he holds the pen. 
but beyond that, no, no, it's other people making the decisions. So the power would be taken away from those people, really, is what would be happening. But the symbolism would be taking Biden out of office. But yeah, he's either going to die or he's going to have to step down before there's a military intervention. If we ever get to that point, it would probably be Kamala would be taken out or... In, in four years when there's another Democrat that's illegitimately in office, they, they would be taken out. So we'll have to see what happens, um, which I assume will be Kamala anyway. Yeah. It's a shame. Right. Anything else? No. We're done for today. That is it. We're done with the Super Chats. Well, is there anything else that anybody wants to say? No, nobody's saying anything. If Larry wants to go. All right, guys. Well, that is it for Monday. Um, Hold on. Ataku Magnet says, did you see the judge saying that the jury... <laughs> can't take anyone's gender preferences into account and with that his insistence of not sequestering them raises red flags what no i didn't hear gender preferences it's a weird thing is any does anybody have weird gender preferences in the chauvin trial i'm actually not watching the chauvin trial intentionally because i don't want that to eat up all my time i got too much other stuff that i'm doing but, uh, and I'll just, you know, I watch the highlights and, and I read the articles about it and stuff like that, but, uh, I don't want to get caught up in it. I know if I get, if I focus too much on it, I'll spend all my time on it and it'll just waste all my time. But, and it, it's also kind of boring and I already know, you know, I already feel like it's obvious from the video footage what happened and this guy's innocent. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go. We will be back tomorrow. Same toxic time, same toxic channel. We are the least professional show on youtube oh no there's another one andrew beerwort love you man he says i'm six two my brother six five across the street one boy with six foot six eight and seven foot yeah it's always tough when there's people taller than you because it does feel you do feel slightly inferior <laughs> i mean i was lucky because i was kind of born with this like obscene level of confidence which i i don't think is even remotely appropriate for me but Whatever, I've got it. So it made my life you a lot know, one easier. Time, one time somebody told me, like, a guy, I think, yeah. at work. He was like, i never seen anybody smaller than you, me. <laughs> I was like, have you been in Koreatown? <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm like, yeah. I, I see so many people, like, smaller than me. And you're telling me that I'm the smallest person you've seen? Give me a break. We invited that girl to the party the other day, and she was she was very tiny. She's t- smaller mm-hmm. than you. She's probably five yeah. or something like that. I'm like, really? There's a lot of girls smaller than you. You know, it was really funny actually. When we ended up meeting, um, oh gosh, who was it? What's that girl's name? She's pretty famous. She's on she's on uh, YouTube. She's got a YouTube channel. She's pretty famous. She's a men's rights activist. Gosh, what can I remember her name? I love this woman. She's a good friend of mine. How can I not remember? Her? Anyway, whatever. Valeria ended up meeting her for the first time and she had been following my social media and following me on Instagram and stuff and she'd she'd followed Valeria's Instagram and when she met Valeria she was like you are so much tinier I thought you were like 510 <laughs> she she thought you you remember that yeah she thought you were like really uh tall and I'm like well it's photographs you know and you're really skinny so in photographs you can look much much taller your proportions are that of a tall person um oh i'm getting contacted there's a lawyer who who wants to maybe work with me on uh trying to deal with my social media stuff so anyway i should respond to her uh yeah somebody says i'm drinking toxic coke products it's true i've talked about this on the show before i don't ban organizations 
I don't stop buying product from major organizations just because the top tier happens to be leftist. I don't do that because I know so many people who work at Coca-Cola are, in fact, conservative. So I'm not going to try to destroy the company uh, just because of some top management. I'd love them to disappear. Valeria's laughing because apparently somebody said something funny. What no, is it, Valeria? Go you on. You said I'm not trying to destroy the company. Well, you know what I mean. Like, as, as a nation, no, if we all stopped drinking Coca-Cola, Please. it would obviously destroy the company. It's okay, America. They're like in the whole world, this Coca-Cola and their products. So if even yeah. if the whole America was start by stop buying, that's I don't true. Think that's true. Gonna be I, I was in Bulgaria market. once, and I uh, I was drinking. Oh, Bulgaria was who? One of my exes. And um, <laughs> all right, enough, enough. And I was drinking this uh, this like it was like a it was like a uh, peach. <laughs> puree it was like a peach puree absolutely delicious drink it was called cappy and i'm drinking this peach puree drink and i'm like this is amazing i'm like what why don't we have this in america and so like that i'm like is this like a you know is this like a local product i'm looking at the back and it's like a coca-cola product i was like no friggin' way it's like coca-cola goes around the world they find out what local drink is popular and they just buy it and they brand it in some way and uh and they sell it and they make money. I mean, Coke, I mean, they're a smart company, despite the fact that the top management is uh, a moron. But uh, but most of the people that work at the company are, I think, probably decent, hardworking, regular folks. Um, all right. That's it for us. We will see you guys tomorrow. Same toxic time, same toxic channel. You want to say goodnight? Good night. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Toxic masculine.